recovery. I went a few months, and I would listen to people. And it's an amazing event we have in recovery, people getting together. Like, it's like the old tribes used to do around the fire. At night, we, go to all, we have all these meetings. And then if you go to the meetings, people share about their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions to life. You know? And after a few months, I came to, I could only come to two conclusions. I said, how do these people get my thoughts? Because they sort of sound very familiar. And, and how did they get my feelings? And then I was so special in my little world, but then I started hearing people did the same heinous acts that I had done. And so there was a lot of similarity between the people in the rooms and the way I thought I was. Now, this was very difficult to take in because I thought I was very eternally unique. I truly believe no one thought like I did. No one felt like I did. No one did the things I have done. Really, seriously. And that kept me, like, entrapped in my little story. Then so, or if they're not... If, how could they be my thoughts? How did they get them? You know? Or they're not mine. And that was a huge revelation in my life. At the first way it was held was I started seeing many thoughts in my head as at least alcoholic thoughts. And when I saw those alcoholic thoughts, not mine, yeah, I had space between me and the thoughts. Where before the thoughts were like a, a living saran wrap yeah, going around me and more and more layers of them to the point where I was actually, I was still seeing, but what I was seeing through was so distorted, this, these layers of saran wrap, because they're clear plastic, yeah? But the thoughts are very much like that. You have layers of thoughts, and they're circling around your center, which is you. And then it's fucking claustrophobic. You're not seeing a damn thing, or as a great... Download called The Course of Miracles says, you see only the past. You All we are here are a reactive machine. We're reacting to what's happening now and comparing it quickly to what we thought happened then. And in fact, they've now proven that when you have a memory of an event and then you remember it, all you remember is a memory of the event. You never get to the event ever again because in fact, the event's not happened. It's not here. But we have memories about a whole lot of shit that's not happening. And by us infusing it with interest, they seem to be happening to the point where most of us are actually dominated by what's not happening in this moment that's happening. And I've seen it over and over again at this meeting and other meetings. When people come in and they're upset and this and that, it's never about, it's never being produced this Wednesday or the source of the agitation isn't this Wednesday, it's last Wednesday or next mo Monday. It's all happening now, but what's stirring the pot of now is yesterday, the there and the then. And that's not fucking happening. So you're basically out to lunch to the point where you have a bad day, you don't even know it until your head tells you at 9 o'clock at night, you know, it's not a fucking bad day today. That's an incredible delay. A lot of shenanigans can get up to no good in those nine, ten hours of your displacement. Well, we're constantly being displaced. Literally. 
constantly being, being displaced to the point where most of us, aren't, our ability has been so co-opted to respond to what's happening by our addiction to what's not happening. It's an incredible heist. It's unbelievable that it's going on. It's like a form of slavery. You're looking... <laughs> it just blows my mind. <laughs> it's, didn't you ever notice the people who are really alive aren't afraid of death, but the people who aren't alive are super scared of dying? They think, oh, I need more time. <laughs> I want to be here longer. You've never been here in a sense to begin with. You've been in a mental here. A mental here. Chock full of yesterday and tomorrow. Oh, how do I go there? Well, <laughs> you can't, but by following the thoughts, you can sure seem to be. You can sort of seem to be this place. The beautiful news of the solution is that what seems to happen cannot actually be happening. You've never been out of any moment you've ever been in. <laughs> because there isn't a moment without you. Without the awareness that you are, there would be no there is no moment. Yeah. Like they say, there's so many beautiful statements in science and neuroscience. And one of the big ones from physics is that the biggest influence of any experiment, the experiment is the uh, is us. Yeah. So it's the observer of the experiment has the greatest sway in the experiment. They did it with light, which was one of the first ones that was really interesting because a, a team was paid a lot of money to try to search for light as a wave and then light appeared as a wave for them. Then another team was paid a lot of money to have, find light, light as a particle and then it appeared as a particle to them. It's sort of like light dance to our tune. Yeah. And this is the thing. We're so full of ourselves as a mental idea that we're told we're all there is, but we are all there is. <laughs> In a total another way. We are not all like, I got it going on with this little action figure. No, we are all there is. Another statement is like, uh, the observation distorts what's observed. <laughs> That's why science fails, because they can never know what's knowing everything. <laughs> They're never going to be able to observe the knowing that's moving through them. Yeah. They can know everything fucking else that the mind can come up with, but they're never going to go mind because they can't objectify mind. Yeah. <laughs> that subjectivity is never going to be experimented on. It's never going to be tested or researched. There's no freaking way. Because every time, like St. Francis say, what's looking is what you're looking for. <laughs> every time you start looking for, that's what's looking. <laughs> you're never... You keep, oh, I'm going to lull it into sort of sleep. Well, I don't really know. <laughs> you're never going to see what's looking. Never. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to think about what's thinking. <laughs> never. You're never going to feel what's feeling. You are that which is feeling. You are that which is not thinking but seeing the thoughts. You are all of that. Yeah? 
Yet you can't get there through thought. You can't get there through any of those because where do you where are you going to get to? You've never left what you are. All the journeys are made up. All the journeys presuppose that you could be separate from what separate from what you are. It's an insane idea. Just like when you were a kid, when you were playing when you were a kid and you weren't in an abusive situation or anything like that. Did you ever, when you were playing, did you ever have the thought, will I be playing next week? No, I never had that thought. Because time hadn't set up yet in my head. And then time set up, I, I, we make it up, the mental state, and then I bought into it, and now people actually believe they have to really work hard to get into the moment, but it's all presupposed that they have the, the ability to get out of a moment. You don't. The only thing that goes, oh, I was totally spaced out. If you look at the surveillance cameras, your body was in that room where you were thinking you were totally spaced out, out in. You know? You can't go fucking anywhere. As we know. You know? You go to Thailand, and in a couple of weeks it's like Burlingame. You know? Because you're there giving all the same fucking meaning you used to give the Berlin game sooner or later in Thailand. First few months will be nice, but then watch. <laughs> I hate these ties. <laughs> hey, he says it. We're the problem. Aha! Or another beautiful statement in the forward. We were a hundred men and women who recovered from not a hopeless state of mind or body, a seemingly hopeless state of mind or body. Some people say it and they drop that word out. It's the most important word. Because seemingly is what's happening here. Everything is appearing to be true or false to us. Usually based on what? Your condition. Now let's say if your condition was a, a prior conditionless state, you'd have a lot more reliance than having everything that you give meaning to based on your condition, your mental condition, your emotional condition, your physical condition. You see it when you get ill. When the body gets ill, things get darker, don't they? The possibility of seeing depressing, depressing grays on everything. And fuck, you know, what's the point? All like this. All because your bodies are not feeling well. We're basing our reality on like shifting sands of conditions that aren't a stable condition. The mental state is not stable, it's agitated. The emotional state isn't stable. The circumstantial state obviously isn't stable. You're walking and suddenly, like when I some traumatic things have happened to me, I didn't know they were gonna happen a second before they happened. Suddenly they happen, and your world is rocked. Because your world is based on my physical condition, my emotional condition, my mental condition, my financial, circumstantial condition, this and that and this and that. And I'm hoping, beyond hope, that I wish I could just get them all aligned and then I would be okay. As if I am based on those. Why do you believe there's all that drive to manage and control? We're taking ourselves to be a composite, some kind of weird result of all these conditions, which are all volatile. They're all open to be affected by outside forces. Your mental state, definitely. One thought can ruin your mental day. 
Your emotional state, oh, it's fine. And then you hear your girlfriend left with the, uh, someone else. Now your emotional state is sort of bereft. Yeah? Finances, suddenly you lose everything. Yeah? There's no security in what's agitated. There's no peace. It's sort of like going to one of those cheap motels where you, you get the massager bed and you, think, you put a 50 cents in there, you think you're going to get relaxed. All it does is go like this. That's what we're... Every time... Oh, I, I, can, I see it says in the book, we'll be able to enjoy peace of mind. Peace of mind is available. We're incapable of enjoying it because we're identified with a very agitated state called selfing. So when it believes it's anywhere close to the vicinity of peace, it's wondering, will I be close to it tomorrow? It's addicted to time, so it can't really rest here because it's concerned what's going to happen later. See it. See what happens. See how you're driven all day. Driven by this mad whip. You have you do everything. Let's say we go on that retreat, high-end retreat, like an upper-middle-way retreat. You know, vegan food, tantric lessons foot massages, three cot, three beautiful dinners, just they ask you maybe, oh, can you meditate for 20 minutes? It's you know, very easy. You're, you're kayaking and you're hiking. It's called a retreat. It's really a vacation, but let's say you're on the And then Sunday, after three weeks of being in this bubble, you know, no outside calls, no bills, you feel, oh, I feel great. What are you actually calling you? Your emotional, mental, physical state. Now, they're all sort of lined up, and you think, this is it. This is how I want to feel. And so 9 o'clock in the morning, you have it. I'm, this must be nirvana. And then 9.01 comes. 9.02 comes. 9.03 comes. Conditions change, don't they? Things start rubbing you. You leave the retreat center. You're fucking fuck, you know, flipping people off on the highway. Don't they know I'm, I'm peaceful? <laughs> Why are they driving me crazy? All this, it's always, you have to see, this thing regroups unbelievably. It doesn't care about 5,000-year-old tradition. It'll, it'll, it'll claim to be the, the practitioner of that way of life. See, you know, the thoughts, check it out. 70,000 supposedly a day. All about you or related to you. It, would, it could make, if you follow the thoughts, consumed with them about you, yesterday and tomorrow, that you you're consumed with is being implied to be a body. You can't picture yourself three years ago as a spirit. Try it. But you can picture your body three years ago. And then you can think about what your body was doing three years ago. And what do you go? I'm going to think about what my spirit was doing three years ago. Well, exactly what it's doing right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to remember the spirit. Why waste your time? It's here. But you can't. You have to remember self. You have to remember yourself as a mental freaking idea by thinking about it. See it when you do something you love and your, your attention and interest doesn't go to the well of selfing, that's probably the best freaking moments of your life. You feel incredibly invigorated. Then you usually give credit to the person or the event instead of realizing that's in you. That's in you. 
like all the surfing I ever did, never brought about the joy. It brought out the joy in me. Because I had a passion for it. Yes? The light doesn't have to come in. It needs to be coaxed out, basically. And what we do here is attempt to coax it out by a simple invitation. No practices, no path. Just maybe the possibility you're not what you're thinking about. You are not the reference that you're taking yourself to be. If you live under the tutelage of thoughts, you take yourself to be a body. Now, you may go to such an extreme length where you'll try to become spiritual as a body, and good luck. <laughs> you can convince yourself by changing what you wear and patchouli oiling it and having loving gazes, but the still the mental state that you're following sees you as a body. Most people start, this is what happens, they start at a, at a false step. Yeah. They start at the end of a mental production. The feeling of being a body is produced by remembering, yeah. by thinking. That's where we start. We assume we are that which is being thought about. Instead of seeing that which we believe we are is a thought, basically. Constantly assumed, constantly implied, constantly pointed at, constantly inferred, yeah? but in fact, it can only reach the level of seemingly so. It's all about trying to convince the big mind to take itself to be a body. That's what the mental state's business is. It's trying to convince what is the light to start looking for the light. It's trying to convince the Buddha within us to start looking for the Buddha outside. It's not like finding liberation. It's losing the need to be liberated. Because the only thing that needs to be liberated is what you're not. What you are doesn't need liberation whatsoever. It already has that quality. What you're not may be dying for liberation. I've seen it. This happens. Yeah. You can agree or not, but... <laughs> it's an invitation, it's not a draft. I just put it out because I'd like to see people, supposed people, travel a little fucking lighter. <laughs> I really would. It would cut out a lot of phone calls to me. I swear to God, first of all, going around and around and around about what's not happening for hours. It's like a stubborn cherishing of self. The mental state's first addiction is the idea of being a someone. And then all the other addictions we get into is trying to get relief from that one, basically. <laughs> but it's already been established that so we're trying to get relief from self as a self. <laughs> the only relief from self is from self. Not for it, not as it, not through it, but from it. Yeah. That works, because... What happens is there's nothing you need to do. You see something, yeah? 
And then that seeing reinforces itself because you'll keep seeing the same mechanism trying to imply that you're the body. You'll watch it all freaking day. And by seeing what you're not, that's what you are. You are, you become, in a sense, not even become, you're awake to being awake. You're awake to it. Like you're onto it. That's all. It's not like it was produced or achieved. It's already in place. It's just being overlooked by our incessant identification as what we're not. We're so busily looking, we can't see. We can't see. So what happened? I entertained this idea. became the last answer. Like an unspoken yes, and I haven't found a new one since. This keeps revealing itself as not that. <laughs> or revealing self as not that. Yeah, and after a while, it's like the Zen says, first there is the mountain, you know, all this shit going on. Then you have a revelation. There is no mountain. And what happens? Then there is a mountain. The appearance continues on. The action figure has its little destiny. But now you're traveling lighter over it. Yeah, because you don't take, as it says in AA Rule 62, you don't take yourself so seriously. And you can't take self as serious, you can't take self more seriously than being identified as one. You cannot take anything more seriously than that. All your obsessions are meager trifles to identification as. That's the thing, that's the feeling of the one who has all the obsessions. It's the feeling of that I have an ego and now I've lost an ego. That feeling of having an ego is the sense of self. The ego is an objectification of it. It doesn't give a shit about that. It's the feeling that I have it and then I lose and then I have it. It's the feeling of you're the doer of all your actions. That feeling, that sense, when an action happens through this body, there's a feeling that it's yours. Yeah? You did it. And then the guilt and the shame and the pride become available. So this idea in some spirituality they talk about non-doing. Non-doing doesn't mean no doing. It means when a doing occurs, there's not the act of being identified as the doer thereof, basically. You have a little bit of relief from the destiny of this action figure. Yeah? So when the action figure burps, you're not that embarrassed. <laughs> you're not taking yourself, oh, I'm sorry, I did that. You know what I mean? As if you have control of your bodily functions. <laughs> this whatever had any idea of what's going on here knew very well not to give us much power. Everything is involuntary except for breathing, and that's only half involuntary. It still had a backup plan of, all right, I'll give you a little bit of rope and see what happens. <laughs> oh, they hung themselves. All right, make it half involuntary. <laughs> half voluntary. <laughs> Because if we were, if all the faculties of this, we would never have lasted two seconds. A thought would have come in, we would have been distracted from beating our heart, and that would have been it. <laughs> oh, I forgot to breathe. Oh. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how important we think we are. That <laughs> we're the crown of creation. There was a book once that they looked at evolution from a jellyfish's point of view. 
And the, when the jellyfish saw it, he, he realized or said that the jellyfish are the crown of grief. <laughs> Wherever you think you are, you're going to think that you're it. You're the bomb. <laughs> Man is the apex. <laughs> you ever see those movies where... Angel decides it wants to become a human to go out with like Meg Ryan or something. <laughs> so they're willing to give their celestial wings and eternal bliss up for a little roll in the hay and then probably getting divorced in a few years from Meg Ryan. I mean, what, what fucking, what is, what, what eternal being would have Oh, yeah. I'd love to enter the arena of time where I can forget my own nature. <laughs> no fucking way. You know? But we're so, or like when people die in the movies and there's someone hanging over them going, you can't do this to me. You know? <laughs> Jesus, let the person fucking die. You know, it's a big event. <laughs> no, we have that date next week. <laughs> there's no sadness. This whole place, we're drenched in it. We're so drenched in it. It's freaking unbelievable. This is a good one tonight. So it was like a little Russian in there. Now, who would have set this up? It's great. We have a talk like this. We have like Korean evangelicals speaking in tongues on the back of its recordings. It's fucking unbelievable. We could have written it up. Could have written up the script. The choreography of this place is mind-boggling. If you could just open up and check it out, it's hilarious. Ex-girlfriends moving right next to me. You know what I mean? Why couldn't you have chosen anywhere else to live? You know, things like that happen. When I was seeing them, they lived far away. Now that I don't see them, they move right next door. Something like that. It's just mind-boggling. You gotta laugh, man. It's hilarious here. So listen, if you look at just you can use the the platform of AA understanding. It takes you right to that point. You know. Self is what has defeated us. Unless we get over this and no human power can, ba-da-da, 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 yeah. That this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. You know, what happened to a hopeless state of mind and body? When you were in it, you believed it was hopeless. When you get out of it, you see that it was seemingly hopeless because you're not hopeless anymore. Yeah? You were in both events. You are the main player in everything. It's like the Course in Miracles has a lovely statement. If you ever get a chance to look at it, it's an interesting presentation. It says, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So he states this way, he goes, you and I are the dreaming of this dream. If you don't believe this is a dream, just look at the experience of a subjective experience. It'll give you a, quantity, you know, a feeling of a dream. Here we are at one event, but the event isn't going to leave a tattoo on you. You're going to give meaning to the event. Yeah? So you all override everything else that's going on. You and I give everything, which is pretty comprehensive, all the meaning it has. Yeah? In Buddhism, they would say everything is inherently empty of what? Of meaning. There's no reality to the place. So, so what's giving meaning to everything must be the reality. How could something seem real unless it was given that sense of being real from reality? 
Yeah? How could false evidence appear real? Like in recovery, they say false evidence appears real. It would have to have something that's real to appear real too, wouldn't it? I mean, if something appears real, how does it get in the idea, and it isn't, how does it get in the idea of what real is? But it can appear real to what's real. Yeah? So, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. False evidence appearing real. So there's false evidence in one's head, yes? Like saying that you're going to have cancer a year from now, and you may or may not, but it's false evidence. But it can suddenly appear real if what? If you believe it. Yeah? If you're interested in it. Yeah? What happens if you're not interested in it? It goes by. Does it pull in, pull over and stop in front of you? We think so. But in fact, we whistle it over. It's our interest that brings it over and the stop so that we can review it from the past yeah, and produce a, re- a reaction to it. What would happen if you weren't interested in all of that? They would just go by. Why do you think the difference of a sage or a a, a quote-unquote normal person is? The one is letting it go by, the other one gets engaged. And now all those thoughts orbit around it, all the feelings orbit around it, and they're called my feelings and my thoughts and my actions, and now you're owned by what you own. You claim them to be yours, now the thoughts have the power to, to fucking drive you crazy. Yeah? How many other people's thoughts can drive you crazy? Literally. <laughs> In one sense, I don't give a shit how you're doing. It doesn't matter if I'm really close to you physically, it's not going to jump over. Because I see what you're talking about. Oh, these thoughts have been driving me crazy as yours. And I have an immunity to it. But the same thoughts could produce a huge wallop in here if I was holding them as mine. Where is the, where's the juice from? Is it the thought or you? It's you. You're the juice. What would happen if you stopped giving it over to this mental state gone wild, this selfing? Find out what it's like to be here. If your interest and attention is unwedded to that dead preoccupation of thinking all the fucking time, in time, about you, that same interest and attention may be enriching your night right now, instead of enslaving your night by that. Yeah? That's it. It's it's not even like a choice. There's just two possibilities flowing. The one possibility is seeing life as happening to me, which is an interpretation, or the other possibility is seeing life as happening, which is freeing. There's two. The whole thing, it's like two streams. We can either go win one or the other. You can't go in both at the same time. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ said, you can't serve two masters at the same time. Yeah. So you're either serving the master of selfing or you're serving the master of light, let's say. And in AA, you can tell it. When you, you know, anytime you do service and you feel like that hose and the con, you're like a conduit, something's moving through you when you're talking to someone else who's suffering or you're giving a share and you feel something move through you, that's like aligning up with that river of light, so to speak. Yeah? Then you also know when you get engaged in selfing and it finds fruition through you, it acts out, and then you're left high and dry in an emotional uh, 
God's hangover, yeah, which is a hellish freaking place to be because you can't, you're not getting loaded anymore. Can only eat so much ice cream. I don't particularly like ice cream, so you actually have to sit with the consequences of that that acting out. And it's it's fucking like a hell. It's like revisiting how it used to always be when you were drinking for a half hour or three days. Yeah. Those are the possibilities. If the thought is just in your head, it's no one's thought. But if you act on it, they're yours. Your actions. You're going to be beholden to them. I may have tons of thoughts, or tons of thoughts in my head about my girlfriend, and I hate her, or I don't want to see her. But if they never come out, she has no idea what's going on. But if I say it once, she never fucking forgets it. Yeah. That's why we have the pause. Why not find that? The pause could possibly be what you really are. Yeah. Instead of having it as a little event that happens infrequently that saves your ass by not doing the same old, same old, maybe that pause is what you are. Maybe you can rest there. Yeah. And then things will just come and go, come and go. All, oh, I'm so crazy. No, you're fucking not. You know? Only if you buy into it. Yeah. All the shit just keeps going by, going by, going by. And after a while, it's sort of the sense, it's like looking, if, you're, if your eyes are open and you swore for three days straight, I'm not fucking seeing a bird today. And you're looking out a window and a bird flies by, you're seeing it. Yeah? There's no hope. You know, I, I didn't see that. No, you see the bird. Your eyes are open. And we're not, it's not hard to see. You know? I mean, it's not burning tons of calories. We're just seeing all day. What's behind that seeing is awareness. Yeah? We're more of that than of the body. I've seen it. I saw uh, my Uncle Fred when I was young. He used to give me money behind his back at the relatives' party, so he bought me off. I really liked him. And then he passed away, and my mother took me to the funeral, and it was open casket, and I was like, I don't know, nine years old or something. And she said, well, let's say goodbye to Uncle Fred, which I was reluctant to do, you know. But I, she brought me in, and you looked at it, and as soon as I saw the body, I knew, beyond knowing, that wasn't Uncle Fred. What was Uncle Fred had left, seemingly, or wasn't looking through the body anymore. And without that looking through the body, I saw that wasn't Uncle Fred. And the only reason why I ever took Uncle Fred to be a body, it was I was always already taking myself to be a body. I was miscalling mis what was moving through me and claiming it to be the body, which it isn't. That thing is no thing. What we truly are, just like, look at all your interest and attention. Is there a quantity to it? Do you get a certain amount of attention Sunday night and you gotta, you know, don't want to run out you know, it's a big weekend and not pay much attention to too many things. There's tons of attention and interest. It's like an infinite amount, yeah? We have, it's, we're, there could be 800 billion creatures and there would be 800 billion awake creatures. What, we're in a giant space of awareness and we're appearing in it. Yeah, you could put zillions of people. We could have twenty gates, and there'd be twenty sense experiences. Yeah, some animals have about twenty gates, at least eight or nine senses. They have more senses than we do, so they sense this whole experience much differently. But what's sensing it is the exact same awareness that's looking out of your head. Yeah. So we're calling the mental state. 
is giving us to giving qualities to the body which is not its to give. So the mental state presupposes that you're the one who's seeing right now. You are. The eye is seeing, but the eye isn't seeing, is it? It facilitates seeing. If there's no life in the body, there's no seeing. You could take that eye out of a dead body and put it in a live body, and it would facilitate seeing again. It's not the eye. The eye is like camera lenses, yeah? And the ear is like very, very incredible sensitive filaments. So there's vibration in it, but there's something that's listening that's not the faculty. It's not the ear, it's not the eye, it's not the nose, it's not the fingers, yeah? It's that awareness, it's that consciousness. Yeah. It's that which is before in thought, not which is implied after a thought, but what, what is before the thought. It's that which is hearing this. Yeah. Now the mental state arises after the hearing and says, I'm doing it, I'm hearing it. And then the story keeps continuing, the great saga of all. Fun fact, what happened first was awareness of that sound. What comes later is the feeling it was you that's aware of the sound. And yet, that feeling that comes later implies that it was before the sound. That you're the one who heard the sound, and it's not true. It's like a heist in time. The mental process takes time. It produces a sense of self. The sense of self now has a feeling it was prior to everything. Yeah? So now I'm the one that's seen everything in this life. Everything that's been seen out of this body, I was the one who was seeing it. Yeah? Everything that's been felt, it's me. They are my feelings. Everything that's been heard, I'm the hearer of it all. This is just, this is like an incredible ice that can never happen. It can only seem to happen if we believe it. As Jesus said so beautifully, as you believe, so it is. There you go. Because there isn't any is here. It's so it is as you believe. So you can see it. You're in hell, and then by the afternoon it's heaven. Which is it? The worst thing that ever happened to you? after a few years of recovery, can be seen as the best thing that happened to you. How could the worst thing suddenly become the best thing? It has to be because it was neither the worst nor the best. It was based on you, which everything is based on you. This is much more developed tonight. They got the... Usually it's just talking in tongues, but they have an accompaniment. They have some a soundtrack. Two rules. Oh, there. Yeah. One sounds like a Russian, a Russian potato farm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's three groups, and there's four groups. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we're the silence so that this can be heard. <laughs> Oh yeah, and when I see my friend, I, I gotta stop. I can't talk anymore. But you see a little bit. It's a simple invitation that you may not be that which the thought implies. Yeah. You wouldn't believe what it'd be like not to take your thoughts seriously. It's incredibly 
it's like better than 50 Thai massages. <laughs> you get it, you drop into a level of relaxation that you cannot produce here. What we're truly looking for is not up here. Yeah? It's us, but it's not up here. That's the dilemma. We're sure, like they say, the seeker is the sorter, like St. Francis says, you know, what's looking is what you're looking for. hitting a crescendo. And I woke up! Oh, I stopped doing something, I'm not awakened. This is the mental state. The whole idea that you had something and then you lost it and you have it. What's every bit of that story, you're in it. <laughs> you as the, the great wanderer, mystic wanderer who finally achieved the highest height and then did something and then he, he got thrown off the highest height. It's all freaking made up. You have never gone anywhere. You are what you're looking for at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary to meet it, unless it's yours. Your requirements. Like to me, this sounds like incredibly efforting. This is more like a relaxed awareness, very open, you know, not concentrating at all, not focused at all, just seeing a bigger picture and see what shows up. And you'll see after a period of time, if you look at it, you have traveled lighter for a very long period of time. And when that starts occurring, you realize that's all you've ever wanted anyway, to feel comfortable in your own skin and in circumstances that you're in. Literally, we give it enlightenment, we give names to it, but really, if we just felt satisfied, it would go a long way to putting an end to all the seeking. All right, well, that's it. Any questions? Then you the third step. Yeah, I am. The probably. spirit of turning your woolly life over to the care of a power greater than self. Yeah. That removes so much weight of the burden of everyday life. <coughs> so, or like we say in recovery, we're not in the outcome business. So you just do suit up and show up and let go of the results. If you start allowing that to apply, it will reveal its own quality of workability. And you'll grow in faith with it. Yeah. You're not managerial quality, for sure. And so that the honesty about that opens you up to another modality, let's say, to come in which is much more inclusive and much, it sees things in a much different way. Like for me, a small example of uh, exclusivity. I either thought I had to work or surf, but you can do both, you know what I mean? I thought 
this or that. You can do it's not always it's not always this or that or yes or no or black or white. It can be very inclusive. So you just start traveling lighter. Yeah. So if you have a lot of things to do, and you know, like some people call me and they uh, they're very stressed out. But who set up all the bars? They did themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Why not? All right. Who do you have to get in touch with to get a break from this? Me. All right. Well, fucking. Do you have Do you have an intermediary? I, I got a therapist. I'm paying three hundred dollars for, and I'll listen. He'll listen to me for now, and then I'll give myself permission to be okay. The okayness is inherently there. Save yourself a lot of money. Seriously, I, most people, the, the biggest hook they're on is their own. They have so many demands put on them. And they'll see someone else, oh, it's it's fine. But they won't see it's fine if they were doing it. They think they're special. This is all selfing. Yeah. If you don't want to do something, be accountable. Like people in AA. You know, oh, they're like, they're squirming. And hey, this isn't a fucking draft. You You want to get loaded? Go get loaded. You know? Just be accountable when you show up here again. Because you will, if you're lucky. Yeah? I don't know what to do. Well, you know, ask that power, see if a download comes in. And in a sense, nothing can actually ever be wrong, in a sense. You know how many wrong things have turned out to be right? If you give it a little time? AA is like the greatest recycler. You throw what you call shit in it, and it gets to be valuable. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a loving God or a loving presence expressing itself in our group conscience. Or it says in recovery, you know, God can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Expand on that. Throw a lot more into that circle of what you can't do for yourself. Yeah? You can give, you can keep doing what you're doing, but the burden of it can be relieved by the third step. See, this thing we're talking about tonight is not a path to illumination, but it will illuminate whatever path you're on. So, for some of us, we're in recovery. It has illuminated the path of recovery for me incredibly. In other words, I brought a new light into my program, into recovery. Yeah? This is what this message did with me. It... It more. It was not. So I wasn't seeking flight anymore. It was about recognizing I am that light. Yeah. And AA for me, all it does really is diminish a mental state that's blocking us off from the sunlight of the spirit, because we are the sunlight of the spirit. But we're taking ourselves to be a mental idea that's looking out. You know, from outside, we're actually looking this way. The mental state looks at us as an object. It thinks about us as an object. The light is looking from here, not here. Yeah. So the light is out, is let out, not let in. The sunlight of the spirit isn't located outside; it's located in you, in the mind. Yeah. And the mental state has us sort of put out of our own kingdom, in a sense. We've placed, seemingly, we placed ourselves into the mental realm where now we can only conceptualize what spirit is as a, as a place we may go to at the end of life or if we really work hard and do really good, we'll get there. But that's, it's like a false exile that we've taken to be real. At any moment, at any moment, prior to every moment is the moment, which is timelessness, there's the solution. 
The solution is prior to the problem. You have never been banished from the kingdom. Yeah? You are not the mother and father of separation. This is a dream. Yeah? You are as whole as you have ever, always, will always, and forever is. You are. Yeah? Now, we can't go to it, but we can, by seeing what we're not, we'll start living from it. Yeah? Most of us, by living what we're not to be us, we're trying to get to that light which we are. You can't travel to it. You are it. Yeah? You can't journey to it. You are it. You can't arrive at it. You're way past the point of arriving. You are it. That's why things fail, because of our, our approach is an approach. This puts an end to it, at least the possibility that you are that which you're looking for. It's a possibility, and if you entertain and start realizing what you're not, you'll find out what you are. But where many of us have been displaced, we're identified with what we're not, and then we're trying to find out what we are through the auspices of what we're not. It doesn't work. Just see you're not that, and you may find out what you are. It's like Ramana Maharshi, a great master, says, to know God is to be God. Know God, be God. Yeah. We've been, dis- really, a seeming displacement occurred. You have been moved from the unmo- unmovable point. The mental state has located you in a specific location, in a specific geography, in a body. And now, in a sense, that's a whole other kingdom that we're now a seeming citizen of, which only makes the spirit look like it's far, far fucking away. Something that maybe, if I wanted to, I'd have to go to the Himalayas or go on a retreat or go to India to get in contact with it. Yeah. How can I apply to step nine? Step nine. Making amends? Well, you're accountable for what happened. But in a sense, not responsible. If you look at step one, you were powerless over alcohol and let's say drugs. So that means you are dancing with a gorilla and you're going to stop when the gorilla wants to stop. Why are you claiming all the behavior that happened while you were under the influence to be yours? So you're accountable for it. Because this is the game out here. You're seen as a body. Yeah. But you're not responsible for it. I would have done almost anything to anyone unless you could have physically stopped me out there. So look at the first part of the first step. You were powerless over alcohol. In other words, once you drank or used, you had no say what was going to happen. Then why are you so beholden to being the doer of all those actions that ensued when they were driven by the idea of being a self? Like it says, you made decisions based on self that set off these trains of circumstances. Go to page 64 and see the difference between self and us. We made decisions based on self. That's not us. That set off trains of circumstances that brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve. But did not we start the ball rolling? That's the role. That's where you see. Take it back 
That's what AA does. It's beautiful. If you look at the four-column inventory, it's beautiful. Because everyone tonight in a bar does step column one and two. They know who they're mad at and why. And all it gets them is another drink. We just, what AA does is bring it back to what? Put the light on you. Stop putting it on them. Put it on you and see what your role was it. Well, you've got a much bigger role and it doesn't stop at the fourth column. You are what's giving everything all the freaking meaning it has. You're playing a huge role. AA just started bringing us a little back. There's a lot more back you can go to. So, to me, the first time I could... When I got that this was a disease, that's when all the amends I made were made by me. When I, when I thought I did them, I was avoiding them at all costs. Most of my, my alcoholic life, I was conveniently avoiding everything I, that I need, didn't want to deal with. I get into AA, and I had it. This happened. I had this big event. I was with my girlfriend... And I was with my friend, and we were riding motorcycles. We got back to his place. We were going up the stairs. This lady, Asian lady, came down the stairs with, like, painted blue jeans. And then my friend went down and came back up and says, Oh, my, my neighbor wants to talk to you. And I thought he, he had told her I was a house painter and I was going to give her some advice. And so here she comes into the room where we all were in, and she goes, Hi, Paul. Do you remember me? And I go, No. And she says, You owe me $500. So, I got caught with my proverbial pants down, you know, and yet I realized it was a disease that I had. It wasn't me. I wasn't at fault. And so I said to her, you know, what I did to you, I would have done to anybody. And no shame and guilt ensued at all. And at that point, I started getting real relief. And therefore, I did all the other amends, and I got freed from that fucking bondage of the past. And what showed up when I did the fifth step and what showed up when I did the ninth step was what I am. I was finally allowed to come out. And then I saw the distance of what I'm taking myself to be a mental fucking reference in a stream of time. And then I saw what's, where I'm looking from is a timeless awareness. Yeah? And let's see if something can happen to sort of bridge this fucking gap. Well, this is everywhere, so it was about losing interest in that and then gaining interest in what I am. And that's what happens. And it's still happening. It never ends. It's like an incessant oddness that never goes out. <laughs> you don't miss a freaking thing. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what, how, for me... So while I thought I was responsible, I wanted to avoid it all at all costs. When I realized I was accountable, I was willing to show up. And every time I made amends, I told them I was in a program recovery. And there, that's that. And then I don't regret the past, don't shut the door on it. I was freed from it. This illuminates the, the steps, because to me, it's the real spirit of it all where it says your daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition. Now, let's say you're taking yourself mostly to be a mental and physical condition. It's going to be very difficult to override those two conditions and make them spiritual, because they're not. <laughs> they're mental and physical. But what happens if you're not a mental and physical condition? Maybe you're a spiritual condition, 
And that is a very easy form of maintenance of a spiritual condition, is to be aware that you are. It cuts out a lot of the efforts and shit like that. <laughs> and it becomes immediately available at all times, right where you are. All outshine circumstances, physical conditions, emotional conditions. Maybe not all the time, but it has the possibility of outshining them all. Emotional, mental, financial, circumstantial, love, everything like that, it can outshine it all. Instead of being shined on by all that stuff. You know, it's like worshipping the moon, thinking the moon is the source of light when it's the sun. The selfing is just sucking some of the sun and then reflecting its little movie about us. And we're taking it to be the center. It's not the center, it's just a reflecting surface. It's the sun. We are that sun. And we're reflecting our sunness onto this freaking mental idea. And by being identified as it, it seems to be bright. It seems to have its own freaking life. But isn't it ours? Maybe that could be put into some other hand, so to speak. To me, AA is a great transfer. The third step, the idea of surrendering, is an incredible transfer. So, there you have it.